well, tonight's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to be um, teaching more tonight than, than preaching, and so I think that probably happens in most of my sermons, uh, but I think there needs to be a healthy blend there of learning the Word of God and then being called to obedience to that. So, well, tonight we're going to be talking about a very practical um, lesson, building a prayer journal, and um, Maybe tonight you have a question about prayer too. I wanted to open that up to the floor. Uh, just um, maybe there's something you've been wanting to know. Um, you say, well, this seems kind of an informal way to, to, to have a service. Um, and maybe you grew up in a very formal way. You, it, I think it's important to know that uh, the Jewish model of teaching was, was really a mentorship. Uh, they would take people under their wings. The rabbis would sit down and they would have a long discourse about a topic. They still do that these days. Uh, but it was more uh, of, of questions and, and a discussion time as well as uh, a time of teaching uh, that they did in the synagogues. But, but the Hellenistic model is what we're used to in America where somebody just stands up and speaks and there's no chance for communication in that. And so, uh, yeah, if you need a lesson, just raise your hand. It's really a handout. Just, just raise your hand. These guys will, and girls will come around and make sure you get one of those. Anybody else need one? Before we get started, I was going to have my wife come up and sing. Is anybody up for that? Okay. We just need a popular vote and we'll make it happen, okay? Popular vote, okay. All the ladies are keeping their hands down. Come on, side with me here. <laughs> side with me. Uh, that'd be a long night for a preacher going home. I may get a song out of her, but I'd be singing later. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, um... A couple, couple weeks ago, I taught on um, praying the scriptures, building a prayer life on the scriptures. I gave a handout with verses that, that, that taught through that, um, and, and just kind of want to talk about that for just a moment before we jump into this. Praying the scriptures is, is something that um, I began to do years ago, and I think it's a very important way to, to enhance and grow your prayer life. And uh, just by way of review, some, some reasons why it's important to pray with the Scriptures. And when I say pray with the Scriptures or pray the Scriptures, what that means is you take the Word of God and you either read through that and, and own that passage for your own life and pray that for yourself or for someone else, um, or you begin to build requests with Scriptures that support those requests. Um, it's, it's one thing to say, God, I pray you'd help my kid live for you. It's another thing to say, God, help them to put off the old man. Help my child renew their mind and to put on the new man. Help them to walk even as Christ walked. Help them to confess their sins. And, and God, you are faithful and just to forgive them. Lord, help them to shine the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ that people would see their good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. It's one thing to say, God, help my kid to live for you. It's another thing to take God's word and apply it to their life. Does that make sense? So when I say pray the scriptures, I'm talking about taking scripture truth and applying it into your prayer life. This is essential because the Bible says we don't know how to pray like we should. So anybody ever felt like that about yourself? It's like, I'm not sure, quite sure how to pray for this. Don't feel bad about that because we're all in that situation at times. We're not quite sure how to word something or pray. Romans 8, 26, God says we don't know how to pray like we should. So we should pray the scriptures also because scripture aligns our will to God's will. Uh, it lines us up with God's will. And that's really the purpose of prayer, not getting God on board with us, but getting us on board with God. Matthew 6.10, we've been talking about that on Sundays a couple weeks ago, that our prayer is, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, according to Matthew 6, verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. 
and, and the question is, where is God's will found? And it's found in the Word of God. So, so we want to pray the Scriptures. We want to build our prayer lives off the Word of God. As I preach and teach, you expect me tonight to teach the Scriptures, right? I mean, if I got up here and I said, you know, I've been reading some books, and, and I began to share some books, and I didn't really reference any scriptures, you would say, hey, preacher, I just noticed you were kind of thin on the scriptures tonight, and I'd have people emailing me, I guarantee it, there'd be people talking to me after service, you know, there, there, you had some good points in there, but preacher, you need, you know, I mean, so you expect me to teach and preach the scriptures, you hold me to that, and that's fantastic, you know why? Because I'm not the final authority, the word of God is, amen, and that's what we believe. Just as preaching and teaching must be built on the word of God, so must our prayers be built on the Word of God. Does that make sense? Our life is built on the Word of God. This is Matthew 7. We don't build on the sand, we build on the Word of God. It is the rock foundation. So our prayer life needs to be Scripture-based. And then really what better thing can you do than pray the Scriptures? Uh, The Scripture gives us great clear promises that we can follow. Tonight I want to look at building a prayer journal. Perhaps you have had some questions on prayer or a prayer journal Tonight, I want to answer some of that. Years ago, I was listening to a message from a guy named David Gibbs. Some of you guys may know him. And, uh, and he said this. He said, I've never known anybody who had a great prayer life who didn't have a prayer journal. And that really stuck with me. And he began to speak about how a prayer journal really impacted his life. Uh, I also have had other people who've taught on how it impacted their life. I remember one pastor many years ago teaching on, uh, he would pray really for over an hour a day, and he said, if you want to pray for an hour a day, you build a prayer journal, and, and you'll pray for an hour a day. And, and, uh, and he went through and talked about that, and he had pages and pages and pages of just answer prayer requests. It was just ridiculous. He spent like an hour talking to us. He was just not a good preacher. <laughs> like, he was just just very just low-key talking and just not real interesting as far as like monotone kind of guy. It was one of the most powerful sermons I've ever heard. And he's just sitting there reading off prayer request after prayer request. He did this for like an hour. I mean, you're so entrenched in like, this is incredible. And, and I thought, how thin my prayer life is compared to what this guy's up there talking about. And, and so there were some things that really provoked me uh, to increase my prayer life and, and, and guys talking about a prayer journal. And I've never really had anybody ever talk about that. I never grew up in church where somebody said, hey, you ought to do a prayer journal. I'm like, what are you even talking about? A prayer journal. What Journals are what girls do. I don't even know guys have journals. Is there such a thing? I mean, that's the kind of male society. I grew up with all brothers. I didn't understand that concept. I, I was so naive to things that when I went to Bible college, somebody said, did you do your devotions? I didn't even know what they were talking about. I'm like, what do you mean devotions? There was some language that I was just so unfamiliar with. Isn't that weird? Like, I was like, I read my Bible and pray every day. Is that what you're talking about? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I do that. I, but, but some of this language I was just unfamiliar with for some reason. And so when I talk about a prayer journal, we're going to walk through this, but, but I'm talking about getting like a three-ring binder, or a spiral-bound pad of paper. And some, some girls are like just, you know, I got to have a little, they break it down, and theirs looks like some angelic thing put it together. Mine looks like a guy put it together, okay? You look at my prayer journal, it's like, yeah, you can tell a guy had his hand on that thing, man. And so uh, you could put that in a work truck and use it, baby. I mean, that thing is, is there, so, but, but that's okay. It doesn't ha- it, it can be however you want to put it together, but I'm going to give you some things tonight. And and, and you can have a great prayer life, I, I think, without having a prayer journal. I think you can be faithful to prayer, and God can do some great things. But this is just a tool. This is just something you can add into your life. And so, as we get started, at the top there, it says, what are the three top reasons you have struggled in your prayer life? What are the three top reasons you feel you have 
struggled in your prayer life? I'm going I'm to give you just a couple minutes to think through that. Write those down. Does anybody need a pen tonight? You need a pen, raise your hand. There's got to be a lady with 37 pens in 18 different <laughs> colors sitting close by. So keep your hand up. Jackie, can we help with that? Cam, are you in here? We got some guys in here that can help run around some pens. Yeah, any papers still? Raise your hand if you need a paper too. Uh, we got pens and papers. They're coming around. So thank you guys. Thank you for filling that in. I never think about the pen thing. Seriously, though, if there's a girl by you, they'll, they'll chuck them out there. I mean, they got a whole pocket full of pens. <laughs> right back here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just raise your hand if you need a paper or a pen. We got back here. Okay. You have a $20 bill and you'd like to bless Cam with a $20. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Okay, three top reasons you have struggled in your prayer life. Somebody want to share some? What's a reason that you can struggle in your prayer life? Chores. Yeah. Okay, so chores, taking care of dogs, taking care of the kids, all that stuff that goes on. Okay, lack of commitment to it. Yeah, Carolyn? Yeah, not making it a priority. Yeah. Vicki? Yeah, sometimes discouraged. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Michelle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that mind that, that has other things that floats too, Aaron? Yeah. Okay, just disobedience, knowing we should, not doing it, Paul? Okay, being lazy, yeah. <laughs> These are military guys, man, they're like, I'm just, you know, yeah. Yeah, not having that experience of praying with others. Sometimes it's just like learning how. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good. Um, he's saying, you know, not being taught in the home. That, and a lot of us grew up in houses where we didn't have mom and dad sit down and say, okay, let me teach, how, how's your prayer life going? Think, think of, th everybody think back in your life. How many times did your parents sit down and say, how's your prayer life going? Uh, do you, how are you praying? Do you know how to pray? Just think about the disciples of John, came to John the Baptist and said, how do we pray? And then Jesus' disciples in Luke 11, verse 1 and 2, came to Jesus and said, can you teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples how to pray? If the disciples of John and the disciples of Jesus needed to be taught, do you think our children need to be taught? Do you think they'll figure it out on their own? No, they're going to they're struggle with this. We have a world of Christianity that, that prayer has become a very, very weak area of our lives. And, and so I think lack of priority. Sometimes we just don't want to pray. Sometimes we rely on ourselves. There's, there's a lot of different reasons that can... Sometimes people say, well, I feel unworthy to pray. 
sometimes people are living in known sin and they're like, I don't want to go to God when I know I got something in my life I need to be made right so they get distant from God. There's a, there's a plethora of reasons. So did the disciples ever struggle to pray? Okay, did they struggle? You know, Matthew, uh, we got a verse there, Matthew 26, 35. You can flip in your Bibles there. Matthew 26, 35. Um, here we have Jesus in the garden. You guys are very familiar with this story. Uh, this is interesting. I do, I do want to highlight a couple things because I think it will help us as we, we engage this tonight. Matthew 26, verse 35, the Bible says, Peter said unto them, unto Jesus, and unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. They're like, we have an all-in commitment to you, Jesus. We are all in. Verse 36, then cometh Jesus uh, with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Who are the two sons of Zebedee? Who knows that? Good. James and John. I heard a guy speak first. Guys are up one nothing. Okay. 38. And I am totally unbiased. If you've ever been in my classes, I do not try to get the guys to win. Is that right, Ken? <laughs> Thank you for being a fellow liar with me. Okay. Okay. Verse number 38. Then saith he unto them, and, and, and notice what he's, verse 37 says this. And began to be sorrowful and very heavy. I believe that you could have seen the physical change in Jesus. I believe there, there would have been an appearance of, you know, he's really has something on his heart. You ever seen somebody that's, that's overwhelmed with sorrow? In verse 38, he, he, not only does he have it going on physically, but then he says it verbally. He says, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. How, how sorrowful must his soul have been when he's saying it's almost killing me? Tarry ye here and watch with me. And the word watch there is talking about pray with me. Verse 39, he went a little farther. How severe is this sorrow? He fell on his what? His face. And he prayed saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. So after he prays, verse 40 says, and he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Now, you know, when he comes back, they're sleeping. Have you ever woke somebody up and asked them why they're not praying? I mean, <laughs> not sure how they would take that. You know, you're judging me, right? I feel judged right now. Jesus comes to them. Now, Jesus could have said nothing. He could have said, you know, they're tired, they're worn out, but he doesn't. He wakes Peter up, the one who said, I'm willing to die for you, and says, could you not pray with me? He, Jesus wakes him up to pray. And, and, and not only does he wake him up to pray, he's, he's saying that prayer is more important than your sleep is. You see that? You praying is more important than you sleeping. You need to pray more than you need rest. These guys are exhausted. And, and, and notice the length of time that he says. Could you not pray with me for not five minutes or 20 minutes? Could you not pray with me one hour? And, and, and then he goes again, verse 42 down to verse 46. He does this three times. He comes back the third time. They're still asleep. They just keep falling back asleep. And notice what he says there in, in verse number 41. He says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the what? And, 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 and most, of the, most of the reasons we share tonight is because our flesh is weak, isn't it? We get distracted. We get busy. We get undisciplined. All, all these things uh, begin to happen in our life. Now, let me give you a great memory verse. Uh, that will help you, uh, and I think I wrote it on your paper there, Matthew 26, 40. You want to have some conviction to grow in your prayer life? 
You struggle waking up to pray in the morning? You want a verse that'll get you out of bed? Let's all read Matthew 26, 40 on your paper together. Ready? And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? I would encourage you to do this. Say, God, can you wake me up in the morning? Read that verse before you go to sleep and say, God, my prayer life is struggling. I don't want to struggle my prayer life. I want to get up and make you a priority in prayer. Can you wake me up in the morning? Can you stir me in the morning? And I can tell you something, friend. You will wake up with some conviction in your soul and you will not be able to hit the snooze button because every time you go to hit the snooze button, you'll think about that verse and and it will wake you up. Lord, let let me love you more than I love snoozing. Just make it a matter of prayer, and I promise you, you will see a transformation in your discipline. Does anybody else struggle sometimes getting up in the morning? You wake up, and you're like, man, you're just totally exhausted. Completely understand that. And, um, and I don't want to be legalistic about any of this tonight. You can have a great prayer life, as I said before, not have a prayer journal, but I think this is a great tool in your life. Let me give you a few benefits of having a prayer journal before we jump into the, the meat of this. Um, Some practical benefits that I've seen is it allows you to pray with clarity and direction. Often people can enter prayer and not really really sure where they're going to go. They just kind of, they go into prayer and they're, you know, Lord, be with this day and thank you for the my salvation and be with my family and they just kind of kind of mutter around a little bit in prayer and and it's good to good to pray obviously whatever you can do there but but it, it, it allows you to give some clarity and direction organization in this secondly it allows you to write down prayer requests that are shared so you can pray for people specifically anybody ever have somebody come to you and say hey can can you pray about this or you hear those prayer requests on at the night service somebody who comes up with a prayer request and then you say, yeah, I'll pray, with you, pray for that. And then later in the day, you're like, oh, what was that prayer request? And then we always say, thank the Lord that God knows. <laughs> thank the Lord God remembers those details because I forget the name or I forget. So I always try to carry a piece of paper in my pocket. Anymore, what people do, they say, can you pray for this? I'll say, there's a green prayer card back there. Can you write those details down? Because I want to make sure I pray for it in detail. And I will not remember it if you tell me at the door. I will not. I need it written down or something. So that really helps me to make sure I pray specifically. And then, then transfer that to your prayer list and you can pray for those people specifically. Thirdly, because you pray for people specifically, it allows you to have more care for them. You will, ha- you will find yourself asking the people you pray for how they're doing. You'll go to them and say, hey, how's John doing? Or how's, how's so-and-so doing? How's, how's Chuck Ernst doing? How's Pam Evans doing? How's, how's Jennifer Wright's back doing? And how's, you'll just, because you're, you're thinking about them, because you've prayed for them. And you're concerned about it. You want to know what's the update. How's this individual doing? But if you don't pray for people specifically, you won't even think about it. Oh, I forgot. They were, yeah, I forgot. So, so, so it, it helps in that. Number, next, it allows you to see the answers to prayer that God gives. It, it's, it's a difference of this. God, be with those that are sick in the church. Versus, God, be with John King as he's dealing with pneumonia and he's over in the VA. God, be with this, be with Jennifer Wright's back or be with Pam Evans as she's dealt with sepsis. And be with, and, and you're praying specific, be with Hunter as she's due on Saturday and help Jeremy not to pass out when his wife goes into the hospital. You know, and you're praying specific prayer requests. And you know what? You write those prayer requests down, you pray for them specifically. And when God answers them, you go back and you circle them. I have pages and pages and pages and pages of prayer requests for this church and things in my life and things in this city that God has answered specifically, and I just go through that, and I'm just so humbled by it. It's just incredible 
It's like 90% of the whole page is just circle stuff. It's crazy. Next, it allows you to memorize Scripture. Because, it, because you pray with the Scripture, you begin to memorize Scripture. So as you pray, uh, one of the ways I keep Scripture in my head is not just through preaching, but it's through praying. So I pray Scripture, and it, it allows those Scriptures to be in my mind a lot. So I pray things with Scripture, and, and, and it sharpens you up in the Scriptures. It also lets you memorize a lot of passages that you maybe wouldn't have. And then it allows you to grow in your prayer life when you have a prayer journal. So, so those are some practical things that allows you to increase in. And uh, so here's, here's what I would encourage you to do. This is just an outline, very simple outline. Let me just walk through it. I touched on some of this the other day, but I just wanted to give a little bit more teeth to this. And uh, uh, before we get started, does anybody have any questions about prayer? Somebody got, you, you guys might take a microphone. Um, I might take like five minutes and answer a couple of questions if there is some. Has anybody got any questions about prayer before we get started, just in general or just coming into this? And then raise your hand over here if you've got a question, and Cam will bring it to you. <laughs> Can we turn that on? Okay. Uh, okay. Well, there, the outline will be here. Yeah, the outlines. This is the outline, so it'll it'll have all this, like the pages. I'll go through that. Go go through those. Any, any other questions before we jump in? Yeah. You need to tap on that thing again. There we go. There we go. Okay. I would just like to know how you, you have prayers that you do on a daily basis, but then there are those that you can't possibly fit in because of the volume of them. Do you rotate like certain things like missionaries on one day or... How do you do that when your prayer list is, is so extensive? I think it's I think the rotation part, yeah. That's what I do. I don't I don't go through every single thing every day, but I, I go through them every week. So so making sure that there's things that I cover. There's 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 certain things I go through every day and then there's certain things I go through every week. So rotate like having yeah, as it grows that's how it becomes. Yeah. Testing one, two, testing. Anybody else? All right. Yeah. How can I teach my daughter to pray? That's a great question. The, one of the greatest ways to teach them to pray is, um, how old is your daughter? Nine years old. Um, they, will, they will do what they see. So taking them aside, one of the things I always did with, with my girls as they were growing up, and I still pray with them at night, I try to before we go to bed, um, is, is I would always pray with them at night, and, and then I would pray with them. And uh, doing these D groups has been tremendous over these years as well, so we pray together. But, but uh, learn to just get on, the, on your knees next to the bed, say, uh, what can I pray for, honey? And, and you pray, and then she prays. She's going to begin to mimic what she sees in mom. So uh, she may not always understand everything right away, but just getting them comfortable praying out loud with someone else is, is so invaluable. But also, they, they're going to learn from you. And then the things you learn from the Word of God, you're going to impart into them. And, uh, and as they come to church, they're going to be more exposed to groups that pray and adult settings and so forth. Yep. 
Yep. So I just kind of let them, like, hey, you know, I want you to pray. Well, I don't really want to. We're just going to sit here and wait until you do. <laughs> I like making people feel uncomfortable. God does it to me all the time. And I figure if God does it to me, I'll do it. To, I'm sharing the love here, folks. <laughs> it's passing on. Yeah. Jesus ain't afraid to make us nervous. I mean, he sent them out two by two into towns, didn't he? I mean, this is, the Lord is not easy on us about some things. I mean, he, he expects some stretch. We, so, so I would be okay to just say, hey, you're, you know, it's okay. Just get out of that comfort zone. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, Melissa. She was just saying, um, you know, we should pray for our pastors and, and uh, have some specific ways to know how to do that. And so that would be a good addition there. Yeah. And just leave them all on. <laughs> I have a problem with uh, not having enough time to pray. And then I'll say, well, Lord, you know it. You know it anyway. Why should I pray? Yeah, that, that is, um, sometimes we, we can fall into, you know, God is sovereign, God's in control, and it can move us into some, sometimes a dangerous place of fatalism to where we say, you know, it's going to happen anyway, we're just going to trust. But, but God calls us to pray, and God responds in prayer. It says, you have not because we ask not. So he, Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified. And so so we need, to, we need to make sure, and, and, and just knowing that prayer is a way to glorify God. So um, reject the tendency to, to, to be general and, and move into that specific. And writing those things down is the only way to, to remember if those things get answered anyway. So be specific in the prayer request. Write them down. I would say those are great tools to do. And, um, and, and avoid just a, a general, you know, because that's where we like to move to, and I think it's a comfort zone for us, but I think we've, we've all definitely been there. Let me jump into these. If you have questions as we go through, you'll have a chance to throw up your hand as time would allow. So the first thing here is right at the top of the first page, when you do this on your paper, it says at the top of, the, of page one of your prayer journal, write God the Father. Now, you can, there's different ways you can do a prayer journal. I'm just telling you how I've found it to be a blessing to my own life. So I I write down God the Father, and then I write down what I praise God for, what is true of God, what He has done for me, then attach Scripture to those truths. So what's something you could write down that you would praise God for? Okay, it's mercy. So what's a verse we could attach to God's mercy? Ephesians chapter number 2, verse... For, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, while we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace we are saved. What's, an, what, what's, what's something else we could praise God for? Yeah, providing a job. Amen. What's a verse we could provide, apply to that? 
Think about Matthew chapter number 6, verse 8. He knows what we have need of before we ask of him. Matthew 6, verse 30 through 32. We don't have to worry about our clothes, shelter, all that saying. Verse 33 says, seek first his kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be added. Matthew 6, verse 30 through 33. What's something else we could say, God, I praise you for, Pam? Our health, yeah. What's a verse we could attach to, God, thank you for my health? I think about Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Psalms 103, verse 1 through 3. And just praise him. You know, he's healing us, and one day he's going to perfect that healing when we're with him. What's something else we can praise God for? Sue? Yeah, his omnipotence, that he's all-powerful. What's a verse you could attach to that? Psalm what? Yeah, Psalm 147, 5. Great is the Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Psalm 32 or 62, verse 11. Power belongs to the Lord. Isaiah 50, look at you. Isaiah 57, 15, you said? I know that verse. What is it? It's a good one. I, I do know. So, but what's something else we could praise God for? Dave? Yeah, that God doesn't change. What a blessing. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and, and praise God that he doesn't change. Uh, the Bible talks about it in the book of Titus as well, Titus uh, chapter 1, verse 2, I believe. God cannot lie, he doesn't change. And so, so just thinking through all the things, I, I think about thanking the Father for sending the Son to be the propitiation for our sins, First John 2, 2, for, for loving us, John three sixteen. So many things that we can praise God for. Then the next page, I go to page number two, and, and, and I have on your paper, and uh, last time I gave you that handout, it had a bunch of verses you could pray to the Father. So I go to page two, and I put, now, now, now let me say this, when you're reading through the Bible, as you find things that really speak into your heart, you just add them in the page one category. Oh, I was reading Genesis 1-1, guess what, I'm going to praise God that you're the creator of the heaven and the earth. I'm going to praise you for revelation, you know, and you just begin to read through the scriptures and you, and you just build that, God, I just want to praise you for that. And maybe Mondays you want to focus on worshiping the Father and then you go into in, in praise of the Son. And page number two is I write down God the Son. Now, let me answer a couple thoughts here as we jump in. Are we only to pray to the Father and not to Jesus or to the Holy Spirit since the model prayer Jesus says is to pray to the Father? Should we only pray to the Father, or should, and should we not pray to the Son or the Holy Spirit? And the answer to that is no. Uh, Jesus is giving us a model prayer, but Jesus is not limiting our prayers here only to the Father. If we only build our prayer only off of the model prayer, Jesus doesn't talk about giving thanks in that prayer. But are we to give thanks? Yeah, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18 says, giving thanks for all things, that's the will of God, isn't it? And so... In the Bible, the next thought says, prayer was also directed toward Christ in the epistles. Do you remember when Stephen was stoned? It says in Acts 7, 59, they stoned Stephen calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this into their charge. And he fell asleep or he died. So, so we see Stephen praying to who? God and also Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1, 1 and 2, 
Paul says in verse number two of that passage, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. People call upon the Lord. You know when people call upon the Lord in salvation, they're praying to Jesus, aren't they? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They're praying to Christ. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8, 9, Paul besought Jesus three times to take the thorn in the flesh away, didn't he? So we see him praying to Jesus. So, it's, so you need to understand it's okay to pray to the Lord Jesus. Even the last prayer in the last words of the Bible, the Bible says this, Revelation twenty two twenty. He which testify of these things saith, surely I come quickly. Jesus says, saying, surely I come quickly, amen. And John finishes the book by saying, even so, come Lord Jesus. Well, Jesus just said he's coming and he says, even so, come Lord Jesus. That's a prayer. And, 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 that's a, and, and why even say that? Because he couldn't help himself. He rejoiced in that, and, he, and that was his desire. Also, the early church fathers prayed to Christ. Uh, I could read for you some of their prayers, but for sake of time, I won't do that. Now, why do we pray in Jesus' name? Do, does God only answer the prayer if you say the words, in Jesus' name, amen? Do you have to say that statement? Does the Bible say to say that statement? It doesn't say that in Matthew 6, does it? Jesus says, uh, pray this, our Father who art in heaven. He doesn't get to the end and say, in Jesus' name, amen. So why do we do that? Well, John 14, verse 13 and 14, look what the verses say on the script, on the, up there on the board. It says, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my what? Name, I will do it. John 16, 23, and in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it. There's many verses that go through this in the New Testament. For sake of time, I'll just give you a couple of those. And so what does it mean to pray in the Lord's name? Does it just simply mean make that, make, have, have that word come out of your mouth? Is that the idea? It's not the idea at all. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray with the authority of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and as the one who sits on the right hand of the throne of God. It's putting your faith in Christ and declaring Christ is the, is the propitiation. He's the way to the Father. He is the one who, is, who has shed his life and you're coming to the Father on the authority of Christ. And uh, it's also to pray in Jesus' name is to pray according to his will as well. But 1 John 5 14 and 15 says that this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And so what are some things you could write down as a, in your prayer life as a praise to Jesus? What's something you could, you could, you could put on there? Sorry? For taking our cross? Yeah? What's a verse we could, we could add to that? That Christ took our cross, that he died in our place? Think about what 1 Peter 3.18, he was the, who his own self bare our sin in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live into righteousness by grace we are saved. Also 1 Peter 2.24, um, um, those are some good passages. What's something else we could think about thankfulness, Emily? Yeah, praise God for his... fantastic praise God for his perfection because if he didn't live sinless we're not saved and so what's a passage or a verse that you could attach to that anybody yeah yeah in Hebrews 7 I think 25 um, Hebrews 9 26 talks about that as well 
2 Corinthians 5.21, he knew no sin. He was without any sin, the Bible says. Um, there's another passage that's coming to my mind, but uh, what's something else we could praise Christ for when you're, when you're thinking about this? What, what are you thankful that Jesus, for Jesus? What, what could you worship him for? You say, if Christ was here with you, like what would you say, God, I am so thankful that, that you've done this or this is true of you? G? Yeah, for his forgiveness of our sins. Yeah. What's a verse you could attach to his being forgiving of us? Somebody say 1 John 1 9. Yeah, 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Anybody thankful for that? Amen. Love that verse. Psalms 32, Psalm 51. Um, what's something else we could thank Christ for? Yeah, that Christ is our teacher. Yeah, praise God that he has taught us. That he gives us truth. What's it, Rhonda? That he endured the shame of the cross. Yeah, I think about Isaiah 53. He's wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. His patience. He's patient with us. It's good. For the peace that he gives us. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, John 16, 33 is awesome passage. Awesome passage. Yeah, for protection, Psalm 90. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For taking away our fears. Yeah, perfect love casts out all fear, the Bible says in 1 John. You, you see how you begin to, you, you begin to say, God, I, I, how could I go through the day without pausing and thanking you for these things? Sometimes I just thank God for the crown of thorns that he wore. I mean, just... Could you imagine somebody getting a crown of thorns smashed on their head for our sins? And just, just taking a moment saying, Christ, before I rush through my day, I just want to thank you for the nails that, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the cross that you bore. And just, just thanking him for that. Um, so many different things. Let's go on to the Holy Spirit. Um, <clears throat> when you pray to the Father... Praying also to the Son, you're also praying to the Holy Spirit. We serve a triune God. We baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said you should honor the Father, the Son, as you honor the Father. According to John chapter 5, I believe, verse 23. But the Holy Spirit as well is to be prayed to and worshipped. Jude, verse 20 says, But ye, beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost... Um, is the one who intercedes also for us, according to Romans 8, 26. He, he, uh, the Spirit helps our infirmities because we don't know how to pray as we ought, the Bible says. Uh, Christ and the Holy Spirit give us access to the Father. Ephesians 2, 18 says, For through Him we have both access by one Spirit unto the Father. For through Christ we have access by the Holy Spirit, saying there, unto the Father. So, so there, is a, there is a unity in the Trinity in prayer. So perhaps the best way to understand the role of the Trinity in prayer is that we pray to the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit that all participate in that. And so it is right to pray to the Father, it is right to pray to the Son, and it's right to pray to the Holy Spirit. What are some things you can thank the Holy Spirit for doing? For the conviction, 
Conviction of sin, John chapter 16, verse 8 through 11, says he convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. What's something else we can thank the Holy Spirit for? Discernment. Yeah, he gives us discernment, right? Uh, gives us guidance and wisdom. Candace? Yeah, that he sealed us. What's a verse that teaches he's sealed us? Or Yeah, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Anybody have one on discernment, the discernment the Holy Spirit gives us? I know John 14, 26, 15, 26, both say he will teach us all truth, lead us into all truth. And in, 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 in Romans chapter 12, it gives us discernment. It talks about the gifts of the Spirit. It's one of those gifts. But what's something else the Holy Spirit we can thank him for? Yeah, praying when we can't. Yeah, Romans 8, 26, he intercedes. Groanings which cannot be uttered. For protection. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, the, the Bible calls him the paraclete, the paracletos. He's the one who comes alongside of us. Jesus says, I will send you an alas paracletos, another comforter, one who's just like me, will come and aid you in your life. He'll come alongside of you. Isn't that wonderful to know? And so we can, we can praise God for that. Um, yeah, the, the Holy Spirit aids us and doesn't allow... I didn't know if that was coming from outside or inside. <laughs> We're going to get Irish real quick around here. So, uh, but uh, so he, uh, yeah, he also helps us with protecting us. The Bible talks about that we're not tempted above that which we're able to bear. You know, the Holy Spirit is the one who restrains the evil one, isn't he? So we read about that in, 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 the, in the New Testament, 1 Peter. So, so there's, there's these, these, these places that we need to go to and we we begin to say, God, and, and do you see how as you thank God and you find verses for that, you begin to grow in your scriptures? You begin to grow in your doctrinal understanding of the Bible? So when people ask you questions, you can begin to respond to them biblically. You're growing both in prayer and in scripture. Uh, and then going down, let me go to page, so that's page one, two, and three. Let me go to page number four. If you go to page, it's, it's the next thought on your paper there. But when you go to page four, this is where you begin to pray for your family church family, the lost world, and so forth. And this is where I see Matthew 6, 10 coming in, where it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And uh, so, so uh, going on, um, when, when you pray for your family, the first uh, place that I would start with is your spouse. Uh, write specific requests that you want to see accomplished. Um, that he would pick up his socks, put them in the hamper, and not leave them you know, help Alex Autry, please do this, you know, that he would not leave them, you know, I'm teasing. Uh, but but, but pray, pray, pray specific prayer requests. You, you want to have a good marriage, pray specifically for your spouse. You'll begin, to, you'll begin to stop thinking about how you can talk them into doing what you think they should do versus going to God about it. And God will teach you about yourself. Because what happens is this, there's a transition to where your spouse, instead of being something, someone who can, you can butt heads with, they become someone you minister to. You minister to them in prayer. So, so what are some things you can pray for your spouse about? Be careful, but somebody share something. <laughs> yeah, and nobody's going to raise their hand. Everybody's holding out on me now. Aaron? Yep, that her heart would be drawn closer to God. What's maybe a verse that could go along, that, along with that, 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 that her heart would be drawn closer to the Lord? Yeah, Deuteronomy 6. 
Yeah, that, that you love the Lord and your God with all your heart, so mind and strength, and let these words be in, in your heart, and then you would teach them to your children. What's, what's something else we could pray for our husbands or wives? Grace, that they would have grace, yeah? Oh, that you would have grace towards them, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, in your case, I can see why, you know, you're, you're making that very clear, <laughs> you know. Oh, I should have said that out loud, there's a lot of people here. No, they're awesome people. They're awesome. So, so praying for grace uh, towards your spouse or for them towards you, that can go both ways. And so um, praying that they would have grace and patience. There's a lot of passages in the book of Proverbs uh, that deals with that. Um, what's something else you could pray for, Rhonda? Yeah, to have a servant's attitude. Praying for a servant, servant attitude. Think about the gospel of Matthew. Uh, Jesus says that, Greater are those that serve than those that are served, and if grace among us are those who are the servants. First Peter five, also, verse five through seven, that we would they would humble themselves, that we would humble ourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord, that He would exalt us. So, so begin to pray for your spouse. Uh, some of the things I pray for is Matthew or Ephesians chapter uh, six, that, that they would be protected spiritually, the armor of God, verse ten through eighteen. I pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 5.18, that they would be filled with the Spirit. I pray Galatians 5.22-24, uh, that they'd be filled with the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. One of the prayers I pray for my wife and my kids just constantly and for myself and for the church is that Matthew 22.37-39, that we would love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that we would love each other as ourselves. And I talk to our kids about that a lot. You know, we need to love each other. The reason we're not patient is because we love ourselves more than them, right? So all those things begin to take place. So write down specific prayer requests for your spouse. Then go down to your children. What are specific prayer requests you could have for your kids? That they would be obedient? Okay. Anything else? Yeah, that they would be protected. They'd be kept safe. Okay, that they would be bold. Yeah, think about Acts 1.8, that they would be filled with the Spirit and have boldness to share. Sometimes it's just praying that they would get saved, right? Praying that they might come to know Christ. And sometimes it's praying that we would be able to pass that truth on. I love that passage that was shared, Deuteronomy 6. It's so rich. Sue? Hmm. That God would give them a discerning heart and mind that they would not be deceived. Boy, that's a, that's, is, you think that's important these days? Every week almost, I'm sitting down with somebody who's dealing with a situation in the world of their, their family or friends or whoever, and uh, just some crazy things that people are working through these days. Very, very difficult. So pray for your kids specifically. Pray for, do you think we should pray for our kids' future spouse? Yeah. Pray for, pray for the, the details of it. I pray each one of my girls would meet a guy who loves Jesus more than they would ever love my daughter's. That, that they would be holy, that they would be humble, that they would be a hard worker. And I pray very specific. And, 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 and if we don't pray for our kid's future spouse, there's somewhat of a neglecting going on there, isn't there? It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Pray for your kid's future spouse. Pray for their, pray for their uh, the influences. Pray that they would be clean and holy, First Peter 1. Uh, and then also going down to your church family, we need to pray for those that are sick. Um, tonight, you could, you know, you could bring your, your prayer journal to church and just write down any prayer requests God burdens your heart about and begin to own those prayer requests to your heart. Pray for those people. 
Pray for those out of church. You see somebody out of church, begin to pray for them. Hey, I haven't seen so-and-so for a while. Just begin to pray for them and think about them. Um, lift them up to the Lord. Pray for God to raise up pastors, teachers, missionaries, evangelists. Matthew 9.38 says, Pray the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into harvest field. Pray for those struggling, those who have family issues, those whose marriages are, are, are going through difficulties. You know, one thing that our church can do is pray for re-engage starting up tomorrow night. We have 40 plus couples that will be involved in that. That's super exciting, man. Uh, I believe God's going to do some special things in marriages and to build marriages that are, some of them are doing great, some are in a difficult way, some are uh, in between there, and, and it's going to help every one of those marriages as they seek Christ. It's going to bless them. And so, so that's on page number five. Uh, I would go through those, those requests. Uh, pray also for the lost world. That's where missionaries come in. Pray specifically for missionaries. Grab a missions letter. Pray for that missionary. Pray for different ones that we share about. And then pray for lost loved ones by name. Every one of us in here tonight should have someone that's lost that you're praying for individually. I can tell you this for sure, friends. If we don't pray for people that are lost, we will not witness to the lost. And you'll be intimidated. We won't share with them. We'll get intimidated. We have to pray for lost people. There's people at the YMCA, because I work out in there in the mornings, I pray for specifically. We got probably 25 people that we've met at the YMCA that come to Lighthouse now. It's crazy. And so and many of them have gotten saved just, or just talked to them. They started coming. But just engage people. Just find them. You go to Walmart every week, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to start praying for that cashier. I'm going to pray for that person at the gas station. I'm going to you know, go in there and buy his Tim Hortons coffee every day. I'm going to pray for that kid behind the counter. I'm going to just begin to pray for your coworkers. Pray for those people. Pray for that neighbor that drives you nuts. You want to call the police on. You know, pray for that guy. And then number six, page number six, I would go to this. I would write down, pray for God's provision. I would write that at the top. And we talked about that Sunday, didn't we? We want to be thankful for what God's provided for us and pray for God's provision. Pray for your kids that God would give them the job that, that, that they would be fulfilled in, that they could fulfill their purpose for what God created them for, that they wouldn't just end up doing something uh, out of financial need, but they would do what God's created them for and, and, and lead them in that direction. Pray for God's direction there. Pray for his provision over your home. Pray for God's uh, direction and wisdom financially. Uh, and then, then halfway down that page, I would put down pray for forgiveness. This is where you examine your life. Is there anything in my life, God, that I need to forgive others for? Is there any hardship I have? We're going to be talking about this Sunday. This is a huge issue with God, and, and he highlights it so heavily in the scriptures. I can't wait to this Sunday. And, and so pray for that, and I know I'm kind of working through quick. But then lastly, pray for protection. Two weeks I'm going to be preaching on this, one of the most important sermons you can hear but Jesus talks about, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Study those passages that I have written out there. It's important. You need to know over and over Jesus talked about this. We need to pray that God would keep us safe. Pray for spiritual protection over your spouse, your children, your family. Pray for that. And then I always encourage closing out with worship of God. Thank you, God, that you're in control. You know, sovereignty is the pillow we rest our head on in a world that's crazy, isn't it? We can worship God in the midst of the chaos of this life. Praise God. And then, um, after you close and worship to God, I, I, would, I would encourage you to do this. In your prayer life, learn to pray early. People ask sometimes, when's the best time to pray? Early and often. The Bible talks about praying early. And early to people can be different. Some people early is 4 to 5 in the morning. Some people early is 9 or 10 in the morning. 
So whatever your early is, is just what your early is. There's no big difference. So just, just do it early. And the reason I say do it in the morning is because whatever is your priority, you'll do first. So um, make sure that you seek God early. Seek Him. Spend time with Him. Now, I've had people say this, you know, do you, do you go through all of this like every time you pray? No. But this is how I want to start my day out. I want, to, I want to spend time with the Lord. You think you can pray? You think somebody who says, you know what? I struggle to pray for more than five minutes has ever built any type of prayer journal? It's impossible. People who, people who struggle to pray for more than a couple minutes have never built that. And what happens is you don't even need a prayer journal in front of you after a while because you're, you know, you'll, you'll hang on to that and grow that. But, but these things just flow through your life. And, 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 and you'll begin to have certain ways that you pray. Maybe you pray in worship of God's names one day. You worship Him and, and uh, you, you focus on the Father one day, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And, and so you, you work through those prayer, the, 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 the working through that. But, but you need to write those things down. You need to grow in these areas. I would encourage you to find a day where at least one day a week you spend a, lengthy, a more lengthy time in prayer. And if that's 15 minutes, make, make one day a week, or if that's 30-minute goal, or 45 minutes, or an hour, or whatever. Time is really not the issue. It's just learning to be in God's presence. Some of the men that I've studied through the years that have just grown in their prayer lives, what they've said is this, that they have learned to spend long periods of time in God's presence without saying a word. The Bible talks about that in the book of Ecclesiastes. You are in heaven, God. Here are we on earth. Let our words be few. So when you enter God's presence, it's not about getting all the words you can out. It's not even saying everything that's on there that you need to talk about. But it's sitting sometimes still in God's presence. Just, just, just being where God is and saying, Lord, let, lay upon my heart what you want me to seek you about. And, and, and just spend time there. I can tell you, friends, you spend time in prayer. When you go down the road, you won't be so upset at the drivers. The news will not throw you off. What happens at work isn't going to cast you aside. You're, you're not going to find yourself overwhelmed because you're upheld with the peace of God. You're going to find a sovereign grace that's holding your life together. You'll begin to see things happen in your life. Answers to prayer your life will be filled with blessing and, and, and joy. And it's not about physical circumstances. It's about divine working. And you'll see God move and he'll bless your life. But make it a matter of prayer. And some of these prayers won't get answered for months, weeks, months, and even years. But you'll look back and you'll say, man, I remember praying about that. And God answered that exactly. I've been blown away by the things God has done. And so learn, learn to grow your prayer life. And so I know our time is up and we need to break up in groups. And